We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Rock Pile Report with Buffalo Bills season ticket holder, Drew Gear. Be aggressive. You have literally nothing to lose. You're a borderline football team. If I don't keep laughing about this stuff, my teeth are going to turn around and devour my brain. The Bills make me want Another edition of the Rockpile Report Podcast. I'm your host, Bill, season ticket holder, Drew Gear. That's my producer, Chris Krueger. It was fun having a week off, wasn't it? It was kind of nice. Yeah, I enjoyed having a week off. What did you do with your free not-podcasting time? Uh, well, it's not a not-podcasting time for me because, you know, I produce after the snap with Blake and Reed, so That's that, right. that was still a thing. No, folks, we have a full show for you tonight. It was a nice week. You know, taking a little time away from having to drum up show prep and try to put together a podcast and come in here and try to think of new snarky comments to make about Chris's wardrobe and his hair. Like, it was a relaxing week. But I'm happy to be back here. It feels good. I almost screwed up the intro. Like, it just didn't come out as cleanly as I wanted it to, which I guess is one of those things, like reps. Yeah. Yeah, like football reps. Stuff becomes muscle memory. We have a full show for you tonight. We have Chris's, I guess, the the host of Chris's other podcast. Bill's Captain Reed Ferguson is going to be joining us tonight. But first, I want to talk about something else that happened during my week away from podcasting. So the other day, I come home, and there's a nondescript white bag package sitting on the by my front door. I would... It's not... Nondescript. It is descriptive. You have glasses on. Read it. But I don't read. Who reads what? Okay. Chris, when a package shows up at your doorstep, do you automatically read who it's from before you open it? Yeah, I do. Like when Kyle Washington Washington sent us beer and I might might slip my mind that, oh, beer's being sent to us. And I'll be walking up my driveway and I'll see this pack, like a giant package and go, what the fuck is this? And then I look at it and I was like, oh, this is from Las Vegas. It's from Kyle Washington. Like, I read the package. You're a lunatic. I just open things. You have to. Let's just get to getting. Let's stop eating around the bush, right? I mean, that's how I live. Yeah, you don't, we, you don't necessarily uh, do that even when things are door dashed to you like pizza from Picasso's that hey, one you just, time. You just eat it. I'm, it's not my fault that it wasn't my DoorDash order. It's like, listen, you dropped this off at my house. You said it was paid for. I told you it wasn't. It wasn't mine. And the guy got in his car and walked away anyway. Well, I protested long enough. I feel like I did my due diligence. Now I'm I, now I have to eat it. You dropped off chicken fingers and pizza to my house. That's sorry. That's a wrap. Whoever didn't get their pizza, that's on you. Or for trusting DoorDash not to screw up your food. But in any event, so I have this package waiting for me on my doorstep. It's the white you know, U-line bag, bubble mailer. And I, I bring it inside the house. My wife goes, yeah, it was an awkward shaped package. I shook it. I don't know what's in it, and I'm not opening it. So I take it, and I rip into it. Now, there's no paper in here. There's no, I can feel that there's no documentation. There's no instructions. There's just a round object at the bottom of the bag. So I rip this thing open, I put my hand in, 
And what I pulled out was nothing I could have ever conceived would be mailed to me at any point in my life. Chris, I want you to hold this. Describe to our listeners what it is you're holding in your hand. Uh, it's more of a uh, like a pear oval shaped. It's brown. It's delicious when you steam it. You'd probably uh, probably have this. This is probably something you would uh, use with a steak. It's a damn russet potato. And what's written on the potato, Chris? Brian Dable and I thank you for a lovely dinner. <laughs> I got trolled via potato by Greg Thompson of CoverOne.net. Now, you all know about our, our steak dinner bet, which currently is scheduled to be paid on June 12th. Saturday, June 12th, I'm going to take Greg Thompson out to a fancy dinner. But I just got made fun of via potato in the mail. Uh, apparently, it's through some service called anonymouspotato.com. Who comes up with this? You probably could come up with something like that. Oh, 100%. I mean, I'll say this. I'm not even mad. I'm impressed. I, You know me. I love pettiness and pranks and just gags for... The, this is a good one, because who expects to get a potato mailed to them making fun of them for something they screwed up? Yeah, it's uh, clearly written by a woman, so... <laughs> so, so it's nice and legible handwriting? Legible handwriting. Like, I just wonder, for the person that, like, oh, where do you work? Uh, I work for anonymouspotato.com. Oh, what do you do there? Are you in, like, marketing or management? No, I write on the potatoes. <laughs> I'm a potato. I'm a potato calligrapher, as they call me. <laughs> my official title. So now I'm holding this thing in my hand and I'm looking at it. And the question becomes, Chris, what do I do with this potato? What do I do with it? I mean, you're not going to leave it on a shelf and keep it somewhere for for what? I mean, it, it potatoes don't work like that. I mean, I the, there was a sticker inside the bag that said, "Do not eat this potato." Right? Yeah. But there was a part of me, because I'm an animal, that when I saw the potato, I belly laughed. Like, I, I burst out laughing. And then my second instinct was kind of like in the movie Super Troopers, when the, the bar of soap gets put by Farva in Rabbit's Coffee. Yeah. And the, the guy just takes a bite out of it. And they were like, Rabbit, take a bite out of it. Show him, show, yeah. him, show him he can't punk you. I almost took a bite out of it. And that's what my wife's like, didn't that sign say not to eat the potato? She's right. I have no idea what they've done to this. You know what I would do? What? I would wrap that thing in foil, put it in the oven, bring it to the chop house, and then do a one-two switcheroo when Greg goes to the bathroom. <laughs> That's what I would do. First, I open it up to you, our loyal Twitter followers. Tweet us at Rockpile Report and let us know what should I do with this hilarious gag potato. If you love listening to us here at the Rockpile Report, what's stopping you from grabbing the mic and starting your own show? There's no better place to host than Blue Wire Hustle. Hustle was created to give everybody the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you're going to receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. On top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, pretty much every listing platform that exists. And the best part? You can get all of that for only $15 a month, which is essentially the same rate as any other hosting site would charge just for the initial setup. If you're ready to do more than just listen to us talk about our favorite team, then make your voice heard over and hustle. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com backslash join. Check out the description box in this episode to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com slash join. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So without further ado, tonight's guest of honor, Bill's Captain Reed Ferguson. How are you, sir? Guys, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Dude, uh, I got a first question right out the right out the gate. You had your daughter this spring, and because yep. she was born in the spring, you literally have been here for the last ten months in Buffalo. You have not gone back to Atlanta. So, with that said, how much barbecue sauce is left in the refrigerator? <laughs> I I I I just cleaned out the uh, pantry. Um. A few weeks ago, and I think we have, I'm going to say total from what you left me uh, when when I moved back here, I'm going to say there's probably six bottles left, not <laughs> of barbecue, but some of the some of the other marinade stuff, too. So <laughs> I, I appreciate it. It's lasted this long. I mean, it. Yeah. I mean, you know how much you know how much I use barbecue sauce, but. Yeah, it's, I used. I will say that I I was able to um, scratch empty a few bottles when I did ribs a couple weeks ago. So yeah, on a Traeger, you did them on a Traeger. Let's let, let's not get ahead of ourselves. It's not like whoa you're whoa, cook- whoa, 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 it's not whoa, like you're whoa. cooking with real fire over there, boss. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Folks, that's a, that's a, that's the, okay. This is a, we're gonna have to take this discussion off the air. <laughs> Folks, Reed Ferguson and I could have a whole barbecue argument over Traeger versus Live Fire, but I'm not going to do that to him. Instead, I want to talk to Reed. Just it's it's good to catch up with him because he's done spots on our show for years. You know, we've gotten to know him. I I I, I love talking to Reed because I I just like getting his perspective as a player of the game. But we haven't talked to him in a while, and there's sort of a reason for that. When you go back to the ending of the 2020 season, Chris, now, and Reed, I hope you don't mind that I'm going to say this on air, but there was a day after the end of the 2019 season where shortly after you came home, after the loss to Houston, we all met up for dinner. At that point, Chris had a different girlfriend. (laughs) You didn't have a baby. You weren't married. We all met up for dinner at the Ebenezer Ale House. I wasn't even engaged. No, you weren't even engaged. <clears throat> and so we all went out to dinner. And we, when we got seated, they sat us in front of the biggest TV in the entire room. And as we were sitting there waiting for the waitress to come take our order, ESPN, which is on the TV, flashed. Is this a barbell? No, no. This was at. Uh, Where were we at? We were at Ebenezer Ale House in West Ah, Seneca. that's right. That's right. And it flashed. They flashed the play where Trent Murphy and Matt Milano could have sacked Deshaun Watson in that game. And instead he escaped and that set up the game-winning field goal. And now this is the thing. A lot was made of that one article that was written about Josh Allen and his friends and about what you know his attitude after the game and how they went out golfing. And then the Chiefs-Houston game was on and his attitude and how it hurt, his friends could tell it affected him emotionally. In that moment, sitting there at the Ebenezer House, it occurred to me that you had never seen that. You hadn't seen that yet. You were on the sideline for that play. So you have no idea how painfully close they came to bringing down Deshaun Watson and setting up the Bills to potentially win that game. And watching you watch it in real time, I, you're not an overly emotional guy. You're pretty middle of the road. I, I know you to not get too high or too low, but what I saw was a flicker of somebody who just looked like they got punched in the stomach. And because of that, I <laughs> when the 2020 season ended, I didn't want to rush right into a conversation with you about it because I was just like the guy, <laughs> maybe we let this one breathe for a second. <laughs> Is there some appreciation for that on your end? 
Definitely, and uh, I, you know, that's that's probably an accurate, <clears throat> uh, accurate statement as far as not being too high or too low. But yeah, I mean, it, it's, uh, I mean, go, going back to <clears throat> talk about a more recent, uh, somewhat recent uh, example of pretty much the same story. Uh, throughout the Chiefs game, obviously they don't play. You know, when, when you're in the, when you're in someone else's stadium, they don't play a lot of the reviews that make their team look bad. Correct. You're correct. So, it took until after the game for I don't know ninety five percent of the team to see some of the cheap shots that they took at us during the game. Some of the, the linemen and such. I can't remember who who they. Oh were, no, I know who they are. Uh, <laughs> I can flags name them all for such, you. Should have been thrown, probably should have been thrown, um, and you just have to wonder, you know, does that get called in Buffalo? Who knows? But um, yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, you know, to, to just to go back and take a different perspective a couple days later, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I think it helps learn from the experience, learn from the loss, so you can kind of see what what you have to. Um, to improve on going into next year. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I don't know. It always sucks to lose at the end. Considering how you felt in the wake of 2019, did this feel any different? Uh, Yes, definitely, because we were one step away instead of a couple more steps away. Uh, so, So in that regard, it did. But also, I think because... We had such a good year, it really felt like we had a good chance to, to make a run at it, and we did. I mean, we, we gave it our best shot, but, uh, you know, a couple of plays one way or the other, that, that game turns out different in Kansas City, you never know. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean. No, I hear you. No, I hear you, brother. And so it's one of those situations where you go and you move on from that and you roll into what I've been just referring to as the summer of Ferg. Because for you, everything's been coming up heads. <laughs> I mean, you you have a for, you. first of all, you're a girl dad, you, new new daughter. Congratulations! I mean, Thank we you appreciate it. I I hear the pictures on social media that your wife posts. She's adorable. I I thought my kids the I, I have to say my kids the cutest kid in the world. Dude, that's your, your uh, that's your that's your parental obligation. I'd give your daughter a cute sec a close second a close second one B one B. It's it's phenomenal just to see you guys being so happy about this stuff. Appreciate now, it. what I love is the fact that you decided to take this time away from football to start your own podcast, the After the Snap podcast. Now, first of all, how did this come together and how did you decide to pick this dad bod with uh, nine pounds of hair product as your producer? Uh, well, first off, I'll answer the second question uh, first. It was easy choice because he produces uh, a very successful podcast already. <laughs> so it was an easy choice uh, for, for Blake and myself to make that decision. Um, but to the to answer your question about starting uh, after the snap, uh, Blake and I had been thinking about for for a couple of years now how to uh, kind of take advantage of our platform and our our brand uh, at the moment while we're while we have the platform that we do, and with him being drafted last year and uh, making the team, having a good season, and and us in our own in our own worlds uh, having our personal success, uh, you know that that we've had, <clears throat> we just felt it was probably a good idea to t- to. Uh, try and take advantage of where we are right now and and to put some content out there for people uh, to enjoy you know we we when we kind of put some uh, some feelers out there uh, you know once we kind of decided we were going to start the podcast and then we kind of put some feelers out there on socials about uh, you know what do you guys want to hear about what are some topics you'd like to cover we got a ton of responses which reaffirmed to me and Blake that there's that, that people want to hear what we have to talk about, uh, whether that's in the locker room, outside the locker room, you know, on the field, 
stories of the offseason, whatever that may be. Uh, you know, people we've met, funny stories, coaches, other players, teammates, you know, you name it. There's We've got a, a bunch of topics to talk about. But uh, it just kind of re- reaffirmed kind of what uh, – why we were starting it because we felt like there was um, – I'm going to say a market, but there was a niche group of people uh, out there on, from both fan bases that uh, that cared about what we have to talk about. So uh, we're, we're having fun with it. I mean, we just released uh, episode six this morning, uh, and, and we're having fun with it. I hope Chris is, is enjoying it as well. I hope he's enjoying listening. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, my he, too, he, he, he pipes in, he pipes in uh, every now and then, but... No, that's like one of like my hop like one of my hobbies is legitimately editing audio. No, so he, I have a I have a blast sitting there by myself going through the podcast and editing it down to its final product. He loves it when we have another guest in the studio or when we have someone to spitball with because that's his that's where he's in his zone. Now there's the answer to your second question on why okay. we why we chose Chris, right? Okay. They can probably count on account on two hands how many people in the immediate area or the immediate acquaintance group of my entire life who enjoy doing <laughs> enjoy that editing as audio. Much as Krista, seriously, a that's no, that's, that's um, that's it's the only reason him, this podcast got anywhere is because Chris loves doing it. Chris legitimately loves listening to me get drunk and rant about sports. Yeah, well, that's soon, the only reason this as, exists. As, as soon as I had heard from Reed and Blake that oh, I think we want to do a podcast, I immediately went home and YouTube both of their names to find audio clips, <laughs> and I piece them together into what yeah. what you hear is the intro. That's so, amazing. So for me doing that, it was when they're like, oh, I think we're going to do a podcast. Well, here's an intro. Hopefully, this kick this kickstarts your thought process and wanting to do it for sure here's here's the question i have as somebody who content creates like that's my thing for the show chris does all the production i'm the content creator i bring it here i bring it to the show and chris makes it sound good is the process of creating your own content i mean you're the because you're used to being the content subject you know you and your brother both play the game and people make content about the thing you do every week now you're the person tasked with creating the content. Is it different than you expected? And have there been any moments so far where you kind of realize maybe this isn't as easy as it looked? <laughs> we started. Yeah, de- um, yeah, definitely. I mean, even though we're only six episodes in, I mean, uh, I'm kind of you know I've got a I've got a list of you know pretty much all of the topics from the feedback that we got, and uh, you know, I, given that I I would like to keep the podcast roughly. 45 to 50 minutes right so uh some of the things that that we've gotten great feedback on or you know stuff like that was is is different segments that we've done the beer reviews the short snaps where we kind of talk about a current uh current current uh event whatever that may be and then we have the bulk you know in the beginning we have the bulk of the episode so we're so each week we're looking at you know i'm trying to i'm trying to make 20 to 25 minutes worth of something that people want to listen to right so whatever that topic is right now it's we're doing a series of a uh, day in the life of a long snapper and last week was uh you know what does a training camp day and week look like preseason games stuff like that this week we talked about uh away games and our favorite things about away games different how we prepare differently things like that next week we're going to do home games but like that's the first 20 to 25 minutes. Then we do the, you know, then we got the next segment and then the beer review and the mailbag. And, and that I'm, I'm, that's kind of how, how it's set up at the moment. Uh, but I think segmenting it like that kind of helps me prioritize the different pieces of the podcast to make it, to make it easier when we're in the planning stage every week. Has there been a moment where you felt a little overwhelmed trying to run a podcast or prep for a podcast? Uh, not yet. I'd say I, I would say I think we have two. We have enough content right now to where we're not struggling for ideas. But I, 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 I would be I would be lying if I didn't say 
okay, well, we we said we were going to go a week, you know, weekly. Um, when are we going to run out of content, right? Like, what's the – because we're not like, you know, like you guys. We're not like Bill's podcast or news podcast or whatever where you get daily content to talk about, right? Like, I'm not in the – new. I'm not in the, the business of – of discussing contracts and stuff on Bill's, play, you know, who's going to oh, make yeah. the team and depth sure. charts, right? If like you the did, draft and if everything. If you did, they like would hate you. <laughs> if well, you did, that's, your, well, that's, your teammates I mean, that's would not, hate you. I wouldn't, that's not even what I, what I want to do. I want, Blake and I are, are in the same boat. We want to share our stories, share our experiences, share our knowledge because uh, we, I mean, we have a lot, we have uh, a lot of long snappers that listen to us. That's awesome. information. We, we've given advice on high school you know recruiting college you know kind of how to do that all that stuff as you're making your way through through school and through the ranks and stuff so uh that that's an aspect of it so we have to cater to that part of our listener base so um i mean there, there will be a time when when we say okay well that's the end of our content list um you know what are we going to talk about next and that's and and hopefully that's not for a long time, but, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, there's going to, I'm not going to say no, because there is going to come a time when it's going to say, all right, I'm going to throw up my hands up and I'm going to say, what are we talking about this week? Listen, you'll, you'll figure it out though. And that's the beauty of podcasting is that you learn as you go. Chris, we've been doing this for six years now. Yeah. You haven't, uh, you haven't taken any advice that I've ever given to you from my radio days. <laughs> well, when I do after the snap, you know, I, I do, I give advice that I had learned in my couple years in radio to Blake and Reed, and they listen and take it into account, whereas you just... Yeah, because, listen, <laughs> they play football. They're used to taking direction and coaching from people. You know who's not? You. This guy. This guy, bad True, team. you don't have a boss? No, I do. Well, I do, but... I'm not micromanaged. It's one of the best things about my job is that I'm allowed to do things the way I need them to be. I see fit to have them done as long as it yields the right result. And you that's take the way- instruction from Larissa. Uh, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes, and even that's dicey. So I guess that's my point. It's going to be a fun experience for you, and I'm glad that you got into this. I really am. It's been a lot of fun listening to you guys, and I'm looking forward to seeing what that looks like as you evolve and as you learn how to create content. And as you run into some of those rough patches where you go, hey, I don't know what to talk about now. This is where I got to dig deep and find ways to get creative because that's where, I don't know, that, that's when this has been the most fun for me. And I, I hope that you find that same experience. Now, moving on to other things that have gone well for you this summer, you're, to my knowledge, the first Buffalo Bills player to get their own beer. To get their own beer. If anybody out there wants to try it, it's Mr. Nice over at First Line Brewing in Orchard Park. It's right around the corner from the stadium. First of all, how cool is it knowing that you're the first to have that kind of honor and it was brewed by a group of guys you know and enjoy hanging out with personally? Yeah, it was great. And I think uh, what, I mean, the funny story behind it, and I'll, I'll keep it short, but uh, basically I was hanging out with them. Uh, I think it was uh, mid-February probably. And uh, I, I went over there for a brew day uh, just to kind of see, you know, see how they operated, see how the process worked. Because, you know, I, I'm in, I, I was interested in it, interested in how, they're, how they operated how you know what what all goes into from start to finish to canning a beer and uh so they they let me come over that day i i helped you know mix some of the you know some of the oats in and all that stuff you know some of the hops and whatever it is but uh it turns out uh, a couple weeks later that was that that batch that I was brewing was the base beer for uh, what ended up being uh, Mr. Nice uh, for for my surprise birthday party. So and it and it you know that they it did so what they they decide they made a ton of cans uh, for the I mean you guys both saw y'all were both there uh, they made it they had a ton of cans uh, so they sold them they at that time they they're open now 
uh, for on tap. You know, but they got beer on tap now. But uh, at the time, they were just selling cans, four packs of cans on the weekends, like uh, Friday, Saturday, or something. So they they said, all right, for you know, we'll 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 put this out this weekend, see how you know, see how it sells, see what the reaction is. People loved it. So they said, okay, well, we'll keep selling the cans. So they eventually ran out, and they kept making more. So they they kept selling it, and uh, and once they once they opened up, uh, maybe a month and a half ago, uh, maybe you know six seven weeks ago, they uh, it, it's been the number one seller since they opened on tap. <laughs> so it's you know it's it's great because it's uh, I mean it's it's obviously a great beer, but um, you know it's. The summer of Ferd. It's a fruity yeah. IPA that, generally speaking, I hate fruit in my beer. But I had to admit, I like that beer. I yeah, like it. I, I like it. And here's one of the things I walk away with from that from that just that story right there. There's an episode of the Bills Embedded videos that everybody loves every year. The Bills PR team does a great job of putting out these series of showing you like some behind the scenes stuff about the Bills. And they ramp up to, you know, usually it's about the draft and then the ramp up to the preseason and then the regular season. Kyle Williams was filmed after his retirement, explained to a room full of Bills players just what this team means to this city. And that if you give us the best that you have, then the community will open up to you and give you its best. Now that you've gone from guy scrapping to land a starting job in the NFL, renting a <laughs> renting a back room from somebody in an apartment, to now a team captain on his second contract extension with his own beer that is a <laughs> seller at a local brewery, can you say that that's kind of been your experience? Yeah, I mean it's uh, it's it's been great, and uh, I, I've enjoyed every step of the way, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, this is, it's kind of, it's, it's, you know, you know, humbly speaking, I mean, you guys know me, I'm not one to brag, but this is, it's a, it's a, and I tell this to young guys all the time, it's a testament to what it takes to succeed in this league, hard work, determination, and belief that you are good enough to play in this league, um, because it, it, it could have been, it was very, it could have been very easy for me when I got cut to just call it quits, right? Like a, like a lot of guys do. A lot of guys do that. They say, okay, well, I got cut. You know, the, they, they must not believe in me. There's just not a spot out there for me. I don't want to stick with it. You see a lot of undrafted free agents retire. Right. That's Yeah, yeah that's what I'm saying. So, you know, I, I don't want to stick with it. I don't want to go through the draft process again next year. Uh, you know, not the draft process, but I don't want to have to, you know, go You're through fighting trying for to get a job. picked up again, yep. tryouts, whatever it is. Uh, and that you know, my, the next time I step on a football field might be next August for training camp. Um, so a lot of guys just don't have the the, the will to, and determination to do that, which is fine. Uh, but for those guys that stick with it, um, you're 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 uh, you know sometimes you're going to get rewarded. And uh, you know I, I I love I have loved my my whole time here in Buffalo, uh, and I'm going to continue doing so for uh, the length of this. Deal I just signed, uh, and hopefully longer. <laughs> hopefully longer than that. Uh, but yeah, I mean it's 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 been great. Buffalo has treated me well. The team has treated me well. The people are great. Uh, and of course, I have to mention how great the food is everywhere. Because uh, yeah, <laughs> this is so. That's a thing. You're 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 gonna be here for a while longer, enjoying this with your recent oh, yeah. contract extension. Now, I had a boatload of jokes lined up for you about the you know, the million the million dollar man Ted DiBiase the old wrestler but then I realized he, you're too young to get most of them <laughs> Chris or you can just go with a serious question hey dude can I borrow 20 bucks <laughs> I love the fact that Chris just throws that out there now here's what I'll ask JJ, I could probably owe twenty. I probably owe Chris twenty bucks with how much he helped me when I first got up here. <laughs> I mean, there's a door. He introduced me to Wegman Subs, so that's worth twenty bucks in of itself. Well, that story is hysterical. Reed comes yeah. up here, people, and he goes, "Hey, I'm gonna, I'm going out to get a sub." 
And he's you were like, oh, yeah, I'm just gonna stop at Subway before I come over. And I was, and I text him back, and, and the hell you are, you're gonna leave your hotel, you're gonna go down, you're gonna take a left out of your hotel, you go down to the traffic light, you'll take a right, you'll see two grocery stores on your left and right, Wegmans and Tops. Go into Wegmans. When you go into Wegmans, go to your immediate right, all the way to the right. You'll see the deli. Get a sub. They're like public subs for those that live in the the southern region of the United States. Public subs are legit. Wegman subs are public subs on steroids. And Couldn't agree more. And my favorite was I got to watch Reed come in here, sit down with the Wegman sub, and eat it in under like twelve minutes. It was one of the craziest things I've ever seen. That's that's the thing I love about Reed is that I forget sometimes that oh he's an athlete he still burns probably what uh, he probably requires about three four five thousand calories a day whoa 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 yeah he goes whoa whoa really yeah listen I've but but when he sits down with a sub it's gone in seconds it's incredible like I'd almost I enjoy good you, food brother I, I I would almost put you up against Joey Chestnut if it came to Wegman's subs. But so, when it comes to the contract extension, now J.J. Watt had to Google what to buy when he signed his big extension. What's the very first thing a long snapper buys when he becomes the richest guy in his position? <laughs> that's, a, that's a great question. I think uh, that, that is, that's a great question. Uh, the first thing, I'll tell you what, the first thing I did buy uh, last Friday was uh, I bought a set of golf clubs. All right. Nice. All right. So I went and got fitted. I wanted to do it right. So I got myself a nice uh, personalized set of golf clubs and a golf bag and stuff. So my, I've never had uh, two other specialists, kicker punter wise, uh, that have played, that have both played and been decent. Actually, Tyler and Matt are both uh, good at golf. Uh, above average for sure. So I I was I, I was definitely feeling some major FOMO <laughs> because they uh, they've been going a ton. I mean they're 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 uh, really building up that camaraderie. But uh, you know they 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 want me to get out there with them and and hang out and and we got a ton of guys on the team to do it. But I, I golf when I was younger. I had clubs growing up. I played with my dad. My dad plays a ton, so he's been uh, you know want me to get clubs and want me to get out and play with him for a couple of years now. And I just haven't, just haven't really gotten around to it. And I think, uh, you know, sign in on Friday, just kind of pushed me over the, he's like, Hey, you know, go treat yourself. So <laughs> to answer your question, I bought some golf clubs, treat yourself and some uh, Chick-fil-A. That's amazing. Well, what I'll say is you don't have to look for it. I told you, I got the butcher shop with the Japanese a five Wagyu hookup. That's on me, okay? To celebrate your extension, I'm bringing over some Japanese A5 Wagyu. This is going to be the best. It. It's going to be the best. Now, the, you're talking about them building camaraderie, right? Matt Hawk, Tyler Bass. Did I say that right, Hawk? Yes, Hawk. Okay, see? Now, I told Chris that I was going to keep calling him Hack until he proved he wasn't one. But I feel like that's a little cold. <laughs> it's a little cold. I just, I was upset at Bojo's departure. But then I realized talking to you, you were friends with Bojo, but that's the nature of the business. This this happens. Yep. Going into 2021 OTAs and just prep for the upcoming season, the Bills have had some pretty fantastic attendance so far. And I, I we're going to diverge for a second here on something because I feel like I want our listeners to hear this. I think that, the solid attendance at our practices that are voluntary so far, it speaks to the culture that's been built amongst the team. But every year you have guys from national media, local media, just dudes who call into WGR when they're bored, who hand ring and scream into the ether of social media about how insert player's name here isn't at a voluntary practice. Oh my God, the sky is falling. Now, as somebody who lives the process and is on the inside of it, can we talk about how stupid that is for a second? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, obviously when most guys are here, I don't know the number. I know there's a handful that um, that aren't. But, uh, I mean, I, I think it's it's understandable from 
a fan's perspective um, and maybe people that are just unaware of the situation. Uh, but I think it's it's uh, <clears throat> it's not fair to the player uh, to to think that the guys that aren't here are not working just as hard as we are because they are. 100%. I mean, we all saw the video of Star Latulule. I, I heard all the nonsense. Oh, Star's not here a year away. Oh, let's all local reporters writing articles about how there's concern about Star. From who? Concern from who? And then Star puts out a video. Somebody there's puts one out a video. Per, there's one guy probably out there one or two people that say something about it and then the the media people are like well people are talking and it's like <laughs> no they're not i watched some idiot dan saleo use himself as a source to try to promote a story about a trade like the media is ridiculous <clears throat> at this point and yeah. what i love about this is that the players don't care do they I mean, you guys are there doing your jobs. No, Nobody because we know the guys are working just as hard as we are. Exactly. There's, I think most of this. There's no concern. Most of this is a byproduct of a 24-hour sport news cycle that doesn't have a damn thing else to talk about. And I break this down into two. Okay, so there's two points I want to make. First of all, not all absences are created equal. There's a contrast in what an absence is and if it's even worth talking about. There's a difference between guys not showing up because there's a beef with the, a legitimate beef with the team, a contract dispute, and guys not showing up because they're taking personal time away from the game of football. You know, Reed, how much of your life does this game consume on a week-to-week basis, month-to-month, year-to-year? This game is your life, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, just off the top of my head, if you, I, I know I've done the math, if you don't make the playoffs and you go to everything voluntary and mandatory, it's roughly seven months out of the year. So for seven months out of the year, your seven, life. If, yeah, seven if you don't make the playoffs. So all, we were, I mean, we, we were uh, from, from last well, we didn't have OTAs last year because of COVID, but if you included last uh, year in a normal year with OTA until the beginning of April last year through when we lost to the Chiefs, it'd be roughly eight months of football. So eight out of 12 months, this thing consumes your lives. You guys are human beings. <laughs> You're people. You want to take some personal time away from the game of football. And if you choose to do that during voluntary sessions, it's probably for reasons that, like we talked about in episode 300, our 300th anniversary episode, Chris, when I was talking about the whole COVID shot thing. It's none of our damn business. It's none of anybody's business. These are just decisions you make for yourself, for your own sanity, for your own mental health, for your own just well-being. I, it, it drives me crazy. And so here, here's when I see Josh Allen or Stephon Diggs isn't there on the first day of practice and everybody's hand-wringing about it. I'll tell you what. You know what I'll worry? I'll worry when they're on Instagram getting hammered on a beach singing Taylor Swift with a ukulele. Instead, you know what I mean? Then I'll worry. Outside of that, I'm not going to give it a second thought. And yep. everybody else needs to relax. Now, it's just... I hate that aspect of this part of the offseason because everybody gets all ramped up about it. Now, for you, you've been at work and you're working with a new puncher, but that's not anything new for you. I mean, not counting tryouts. I did the math. Just practicing camps. You've spent with it. You spent time with at least seven different punters and holders from what I can tell just going over the different roster makeups. Yeah, I was going to say, I think the number in my head was five or six. So seven is not surprising. So is it interesting to – first of all, did it make it easier, the transition to working with a guy like Hawk, knowing that he worked with your brother the year prior? I mean, was there any kind of – did that speak to um, feeling a out little process bit. any? Yeah, a little bit. I think most of it was off the field. The relationship was kind of uh, started smoothly just because we had um, – I had met him a couple times just from playing, but uh, Blake spoke very highly of him, uh, and he he was good friends with Blake. So, uh, just knowing that, I knew that we were we would probably get along uh, very well, and we have so far. So, uh, 
it's it's gone well, and then it, that that has translated to on the field so far. So now every holder does does their job a little differently, and we've seen what happens. I mean, even the best kickers, Tucker, Vinatieri, the Flying Dutchman, Mort Anderson, like some of the best. It, it creates problems for them when there's when there's issues from the snap to the hold to the kick. Now you're bringing in another new guy to hold the ball. How do you approach building that communication between yourself and the new holder? And how do you see that process so far throughout OTAs between you and Hack going? Um, yeah, I mean, it, it. you know, like you said, each, <clears throat> excuse me, each holder um, has their own technique, if you will. But because we are starting in OTAs and we have all of training camp and we will also to be together here over the summer for a good bit. There's time for us to, there, there is, there's ample time for the three of us to really build a strong relationship, uh, and, and a, um, I'm trying to think of the word really time for us to build a strong relationship for, for that field goal operation. Yep. No. Um, so I, I think, uh, you know, because, you know, even though he is new to our room, you know, he, he's very experienced uh, with holding. He's a very good holder, uh, and that is uh, apparent thus far in OTAs. So uh, he's done a great job, and Tyler uh, has also enjoyed working with him because he makes it, uh, you know, if I make Matt's job easy for him, giving him a good snap – he makes he makes it you know just as easy for Tyler to to uh, to see the ball when he's about to kick it. So it's gone it's gone well so far. I think one of the things that gets overlooked is that your brother's kicker last year, Jason Sanders, had a banner year in 2020 with Matt Hawk at the hold. So with that in mind, he th- there could be great things in line for Tyler Bass as you guys build this synergy together. Now bringing this conversation full circle into an end because that's what a good podcast host does. That feeling that we talked about earlier, locker room at the end of 2020, watching confetti fall on Arrowhead, the carryover into 2021. I mean, I'm not saying that there's negativity by any shot. I mean, Josh in 2019 said that he would remember that loss until he got the chance to avenge it, and it clearly motivated him. Your feeling throughout the early portion of OTAs as we get out of this conversation, knowing how this roster is built, now that you guys all have a good feel for what you're actually capable of, the ceiling that you guys could have, and the fact that you're going to have fans in the stands. I mean, emotionally approaching 2021, I mean, (laughs) where are you guys as a team emotionally leading into what is going to be maybe one of the best years of Bill's football on record? Uh, Yeah, I mean, coming off the loss last year, I think we're, I think we, and, and, and bringing back pretty much, you know, uh, most of the starters from last season uh, on both sides of the ball. I think that I think we have a very clear view of where of what we need to do to get where we want to be. Does that make sense? No, that makes perfect sense. So I, you know, I, I, that's that's a simple short answer. Um, no, but I, I like mean, that. That's, no, that's, I like that's, that. That's pretty much that's that's what it is. I love it. Reed, where can everybody find after the uh, after the snap? Sure, uh, Twitter and Instagram after the snap pod. Give us a follow there. Is where most of our uh, announcements will come from, and we are on all podcast uh, streaming platforms uh, that I am aware of. I think we're. I looked at the stats the other day. Most people were listening on uh, Apple and Spotify. So, uh, yeah. That you can find us there. We come out with new episodes every Thursday. Reed Ferguson, you can find him on Twitter at Snapflow69. And then the podcasts on Twitter and Instagram after the Snap Pod. It's just such a weird decision for him to peg you as his producer. The guy has money. He's got more of it now. He could go out and pay someone. And instead he turns to you. Because I'm good at it. That's why. I can't argue with that. I can't. Out of all the things that I can debate and fight you over, that's not one of them. No, you can't argue this. Like, if, if you tried to do this all on your own, 
We've done this before, you, remember? Yeah, you would have... Three sheets to the wind. I sat down at your computer. I said, get out of here. I'll edit the show. And you know that thing where the thing they talk about, like enough monkeys, like enough chimpanzees on typewriters could inevitably write Shakespeare? Yeah. Like inevitably that would happen just by the laws of averages and probability? I feel like one of those monkeys, except what's there's no Shakespeare ever coming out of that nonsense. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, guys, it's always good getting to talk to Reed. It's good getting a feel for what's going on over there, what's going on with the team. If you want more of that, again, make sure you go check out his his and uh, his brother and Chris's podcast after the snap, and. Stay tuned because next week we're going to be joined by Greg Thompson to recap our steak dinner. That's right. This weekend, the steak dinner bet. I'm, I'm going to pay. The, I'm going to be paying it off. About, listen, you can't welch. No, you should have gone to the Western Door though. Well, I would have rather gone anywhere than the Buffalo Chop House. But Greg, because he's always a fan of a bit, decided that we should open it up to Bill's Twitter to decide where we ate. And somehow, you people all failed me, and now we're eating at the Chop House. Have you been to the Chop House? Not in years, because I had a couple just a couple underwhelming $80 steaks there. I was like, well, what? I've never been there, so I've only Ubered people there. When you go read the, like, if you were to Google it and then look at, like, the synopsis of what, you know, the Google reviews says, they were like, oh, it's it's a high-end steakhouse with quirky decor. Quirky decor? I'm sorry. I, I, listen, I'm not, I'm not a fancy man, Chris. I don't wear a monocle. I don't, uh, <laughs> I don't wear a monocle or a top hat. When I go out to dinner, yeah. I don't believe in coattails. But I'll tell you this. If I'm paying $80 for a steak, I don't want to eat it under a velvet painting of dogs playing poker. Okay? I, the, the, kitschy decor and interesting decorations and blah, blah, blah. You would, it makes me think like they're the Applebee's of, of steakhouses. You would eat under that photo if they just added Michael Vick to it. <laughs> On that note, we got to get the hell out of here. But again... Next week, Greg Thompson will be joining us to recap OTAs and our steak dinner. It'll be a lot of fun. For tonight, we got to get the hell out of here. I'm Drew Gear. That's Chris Krueger. That was Reed Ferguson. And this has been your Rock Pile Report.